All right, we're here at Matthews Arena where the score after two periods is Northeastern 2, Merrimack 1. Mike Macknick and John Leahy with you. Our guest here is from the Mac Report, and that is the MacReport.com, also the Eagle Tribune, College Hockey News as well, where he's a senior writer, and it is Mike McMahon. And first of all, Mike, this game here, I thought uh, in many ways a lot like last night's game, kind of disjointed for Merrimack and not the kind of game I think that they wanted to play. They like their, you know, puck possession is their style. Alfred Larson said it with us between periods, trying to get pucks deep behind the defense and going after them. They haven't been able to do that as much this weekend as I think maybe the two previous weekends against Providence and Notre Dame. Any thoughts on why that's been the case? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think they're just starting to face some better competition. I mean, Northeastern's record is what it is, but I, I still think that they're a pretty good team. Uh, offensively especially, I mean, you look at the talent they have up front, they're going to be able to score some goals. And I think, you know, they, they've started really with that Providence series. The shots on goal and, and shot attempts have started to get closer and closer as they've gotten in a league play. They, yeah, they, they still they still were winning those battles most nights, uh, but they're getting a lot closer. You know, instead of out attempting a team by 25, now it's 8 or 9 or 10 or 11. So, uh, like you said, I, I think they're just starting to play better teams, and I think that the gap in talent is starting to get a lot closer. I mean, a lot of these teams, mostly in hockey, outside of maybe two or three, there's a big middle of the pack that I think are all pretty even. Yeah, a lot of splits around the league as well, and that's why, I mean, if you can pick up more than two points on a weekend, you look at Providence is only going to get two because they had the, the game canceled. Um, you know, BU, as it turned out, BU picked up four. Um, you know, if they're able to, Merrimack here, if they're able to come out and get it, even, I'd say even a tie in this game helps them. If you get three points on a weekend, you get four points on a weekend, that helps to, I think, set you apart a bit from that middle of the pack there, which seems to occupy such a big part of the conference this season. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think it's going to moving forward even, uh, just with less games. I mean, with less conference games that, you get 22 now instead of 27, so it's 10 less points for teams to separate themselves. I mean, we saw it last year, too, and I think it's only going to continue, that there's going to be there's not going to be a lot of room for separation, which I think is why what BC did last year when they ran away with the league in February was so impressive because last year there was only 20 league games. You know, so there was you know 14 less points for the, for them to really separate themselves. And I think they did by the beginning or mid-February at the, at the latest. We're talking with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report, the Eagle Tribune, and also College Hockey News. Merrimack Trails 2-1 here after two periods of play. And the big story really, I think, John, about around uh, uh, Mike around this Merrimack program the last couple days now, the injury to Rasmus Tiernan early in the game last night, uh, 20 seconds into the game. First of all, your, your thoughts on the play, having seen it live and then on tape as well, and then uh, thoughts on where do they go from here? What, what, I mean, I know that they're being careful and not talking a lot about whatever the status may be of Rasmus Tiernan, but well, I mean, what do you think? What, might we see him next weekend? Might they give him the weekend off with it being a non-league uh, couple of games or, or so on? What, what do you think? Uh, on the play itself, you know, live, I, I didn't see much contact because it happened so quick. And just where we're positioned, I'm sort of at the opposite blue line. So it was at the other end of the ice. And I sort of looked at it, and I was like, oh, I, I didn't see much contact at all. I thought maybe looking at the replay initially that it was a knee just by the way that he fell. Uh, and, and then in between periods, I was able to see that the overhead view that, that they would use to review a goal. And, and, I mean, he took an elbow in the head, clearly. I mean, it was also – and he was hurt. So clearly there was contact there. It was interesting because, like you said, we could only see the, the, the – you know, we saw the play 
head on, and there was a, it was a replay from that angle. There was also one from directly behind the net. Neither of those seemed to show much, but you said it was the overhead one, which I, I still haven't seen yet. Yeah, the, the overhead one, there was definite contact there. Uh, and, and then just seeing his reaction afterwards, you could tell he was hurt. Uh, as far as where they go in terms of how long he's going to be out, they still didn't know uh, as of this morning. I, I think some, somebody sent me a message. I'm not sure where it came from. There was a report. Somebody reported today that he was going to play the BU series. I think that's really premature. I don't think, I don't think they know yet. So I, I think if you're if you're seeing any reports that he, like when he's going to play, I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> uh, because even, even this afternoon, you know, talking to some of their trainers today, they did not know. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, if it's a concussion, no, no one will confirm it's a concussion on the Merrimack side. I think because of HIPAA. Uh, but uh, clearly, it was a head injury, so so it's a concussion. Uh, you never know with those. You know, and I don't think they knew really how long the how long it's going to be. I would be surprised to see him play next weekend. I think there's a chance we see him play against BU. But but even after that BU series, they then have a month off after that. So I think you know by the time you get into that Minnesota game, the second or third of January, uh, that's going to be a month and a half in between the injury and, and, and when that game is. I, I think for sure he's back for that Minnesota tournament. Um, I, I, I'd be really surprised to see him next weekend. And then I think BU at this point is probably 50-50 because I, I know as of 5 o'clock this afternoon, they weren't even sure uh, what he was going to be like you know, this week and then you know, in the weeks to come. All right, let's talk about something. One of the things I know you're looking at is stats, some interesting things that you've been able to come up with, anything you, you can report at this point, and I also let people know that keep an eye, if you're not already, I'm sure you are if you're listening to this, but keep an eye on Mike's site at themacreport.com because he's uh, periodically throughout the season, he's refreshing the stat listings and uh, coming up with a lot of interesting numbers. What do you have for us today? Uh, yeah, you know, it's fun. I missed the last couple of weeks because things have been kind of busy, but uh, we're going to get back at it soon. There's gonna be, I'm, I'm coming up with a, a, a stat that to track special teams too, which actually is interesting. We can talk about it. Uh, coming into this weekend, I, I didn't run it after last night's game, but coming into this weekend on the penalty kill, instead of a, a basic penalty kill percentage, which can be a little misleading depending upon time, uh, I looked at time minutes on the penalty kill per goal allowed, and then minutes on the power play per goal scored. Uh, and one of the and Merrimack and Northeastern are about the same on the power play. I think they were scoring about every 11 minutes. Uh, but on the penalty kill, Merrimack coming into this weekend was allowing a goal every 24 minutes on the penalty kill, uh, which is the equivalent of being you know 11 out of 12. Uh, Northeastern was allowing a, po- a power play goal every 6 minutes and 7 seconds on the penalty kill, which is why uh, in the, on Twitter tonight at some point when they were down 2 to nothing, I said one of the things where I think they could get themselves back in the game is if they get opportunities in power play. We saw them convert twice la- or three times last night if we include the empty netter. Uh, but that, that's an area where Northeastern has definitely struggled, and it's an area where I think in this third period, if they get some opportunities, that's going to be a place where they can get themselves back in this game. Yeah, and they only have had the one chance. I know that's been a focus for Northeastern tonight is staying out of the box, and they certainly have done that. Uh, yeah, and, and that had to have been. I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw Jim Madigan's comments yeah. last night. He was he was very upset. He said it with us before the game too. Yeah, he was very upset with how undisciplined he thought his team was. I think at one point they had taken four penalties in a row. Uh, he said they were all deserved. Uh, you know, that was an area where I know they were looking to, to clean things up. And through two periods so far tonight, they have. All right, so third period coming up here. The Warriors have a chance to pick up at least three points, if not four, on the weekend. I feel like they've gotten better as the game has gone along, but still maybe not really. 
really played their best except for a stretch there in that th- uh, second period. What do you see happening here in the third? Yeah, I think they've got to get back to what they were doing over the last couple of weeks. Well, they didn't play very well last night, and they still won the game, which is a good sign. I, I think good teams find ways to win games when they don't play well, and they didn't play well last night. Uh, they didn't play well in the first period tonight either. Things got better in the second. I think they, they, they still need to get better than what they were in that second period because, like I said, there was a stretch there uh, where, where it looked like they were in a roll and, and really keeping the puck deep. Uh, that, that's going to be the biggest thing is going to be keeping the puck in the offensive zone. That's going to not only generate chances, but uh, if you can force the, the Northeastern defense to get a little tired, that might put you on the power play as well. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We're going to go to break here, but thanks for joining us. Uh, again, we, we, we uh, wish your wife, Kristen, uh, continued health and happiness and uh, hope she's doing better and hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. She is. Thanks, Mike. All right, Mike McMahon's been our guest here, second intermission with the Warriors. Trailing Northeastern 2-1, to one, John and I are back right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.